0: Welcome to the Thousand and One Critical Days podcast. I'm Andrea Ledson, and ensuring that every baby gets the best start for life has been my passion for over 20 years. This podcast will feature parents, politicians, practitioners, and academics who've been part of the Early Years Healthy Development Review. In each episode, we'll be exploring every aspect of the early years. And discussing how we can make sure every baby gets the best start for life. In today's episode, I'm talking to Mario and Amy who had beautiful twin boys Milo and Rocco during lockdown. Great to see you, Mario and Amy. Thank you very much for joining the podcast. You have twins. And not only that, but you had twins in lockdown. What's that like?
1: It was uh, it was an, an, a difficult experience, in, in all honesty, because um, I uh, was relegated to the car park for, I guess, the last third of the scans that um, we had. And because Amy's pregnancy was slightly more uh, complicated than, than usual we were having scans every fortnight. And so I would have loved to have been able to um, be by her side every time um, there was a scan, see how the guys were doing. Um, but sadly, because of the regulations, I was—I got very well acquainted with the car park at East Surrey Hospital. Photos at the end. Um, and uh, it, it was nice to see the photos and to have the printouts. Um, but I guess there's, yeah. there's something special about hearing the heartbeats in the room cool. on the day. Yeah. And, and frankly, there were, a few moments where things weren't going entirely according to plan, we, they were slightly worried at certain points, obviously I couldn't do anything but comfort after the fact which was kind of tough.
2: Yeah how was it for you Amy? Yeah I think during the pregnancy I did a lot of um, sort of trying my best to stoically hold it together um, in the appointments on my own, um, especially yeah we did have a few frightening moments, um, the staff um, were incredible and um, we were yeah. at East Surrey Hospital um, they cared for me so well during my pregnancy um so while I didn't have you know my my usual support- support person of Mario there next to me, I certainly didn't feel alone. Oh well, that's good and when when you when you
0: knew you were expecting twins, did you kind of panic? Did
2: you think well, this is <laughs> gonna be an adventure and did did you know what to do or I was over the moon. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And we both we had both said for a long time, "Oh, wouldn't twins be lovely?" But sort of stopped once we knew I was pregnant. Stopped having those conversations because obviously the chances it will be twins are so slim. Um, And we yes, we ended up going for an early scan um, at ten weeks, and I (laughs) I will remember it forever. (laughs) Um, The obstetrician was scanning across my tummy, and he took a lot longer than I would have expected. He went very quiet. So I'm thinking, oh please, please let the baby be okay. Hopefully something's not the matter. Um, but I eventually sort of plucked up the courage and said, Is the baby okay? And he said, Yes, here it is, here's the heartbeat. And I was like thank goodness and then he says to me but the surprising thing is moves the machine across to the other side of my tummy there's another baby over here
1: (laughs) we sort of we sort of turned to look at each other both jaws dropped (laughs) gobsmacked
2: honestly happiest one of the happiest moments of our life and so what what was the
0: what then happened did you sort of um did you find did your health visitor come and see you did you um did you get support from a children's centre? Was it largely
2: midwifery driven? It was led by the midwives um, during my pregnancy. Um, There's a special team at um, East Surrey both for multiples and for supporting the mental health side of things with new mothers. And I think they were acutely aware of the impact um, Covid was having um on expectant parents um so they had an extra service in place to help with well being and just have a midwife led check in but with a bit more time to talk about any difficult feelings or emotions um that we you know we did have at times and so where did you go for information did you find you could get stuff online
0: or did you wait to speak to the midwife before you could get answers to questions
1: um i mean we we did a huge amount of research as you'd expect i mean there there are lots of sort of books that we devoured and uh we chatted the gp lots uh, but i think a lot of it came from uh from the appointments at the hospital i mean when one of the one of the advantages i guess of us having uh, a slightly more complicated uh, pregnancy was that we had a lot of access to to mm-hmm. face-to-face access um, to some advice
2: yeah. yeah yeah absolutely I think I sort of went into it perhaps feeling a bit overconfident I'm a special needs teacher so I like to think oh, I've got fairly good understanding of child development and um, but then when I learned it was twins I, read, I didn't have any experience <laughs> of that, um, so yeah. there was a lot of twin books in the post, Yes. Um, and having a, a midwife who had experience particularly with multiples and a consultant at the hospital who had the experience with multiples was really helpful in terms mm. of yeah. preparing us, so we received verbally a lot of information from them at our appointments and they were really happy to talk through with us those extra bits of support we were going to need. And then. Was the birth experience,
0: Was that? Were you, did you feel well supported there? Were you able to be there, Mario? Uh,
1: so it was uh, n- not for as much as I would like, sadly. Um, so when uh, Amy uh, went into labour, um, I, again, wasn't allowed to be by her side. I was um, relegated to the corridor in the hospital um, and I wasn't really kept up to date with um, what was really happening to, to Amy. Um, and uh, that was quite tough you know, obviously wanting to be there but not being able to for, uh, for entirely, I guess, understandable reasons with the, the pandemic restrictions. Um, and it wasn't until um, literally as they were wheeling Amy um, into the, the birthing suite that um, as, as the nurse drove Amy past in the wheelchair, she said, are you dad? I said, yes. She said, okay, follow me. Sort of had to skedaddle straight into the, uh, the birthing suite with Amy. And um, oh, I, I was lucky enough to be there for, for the birth, of both of them uh, and to stay there for a, a few hours afterwards and um, uh, but yeah, I think it was a couple of hours afterwards we managed to get them cleaned and dressed and fed for the first time uh, but then I was asked to leave and um and i uh, that was that was tough because i I had to go home on my own uh, me and the dog um, and I was a dad for the first time uh, and um, nothing everything seemed normal at home. You know, the dishes still (laughs) needed doing, the bins still needed emptying. The house was deathly quiet, um, but knowing that my life had changed forever. um, And it was complicated slightly because uh, the boys needed to stay in as they were premature for uh, for a bit longer. So it was actually another 10 or so days until um, Amy and the boys were were fully discharged. Um, And so I, I was dispatched on a daily basis to bring snacks and nappies um, but but still couldn't see them, um, had to drop them off at the reception desk to the to kind matron um, and uh, relegated to seeing my uh, boys and my wife for the first time, pretty much, um, via Zoom or Skype or uh, really? via our phone um, for the first real 10 days of their life.
0: No, so you couldn't go in and hold them at all?
1: No, I, uh, I wasn't allowed.
0: Gosh, that must have been so tough for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very hard I think for both yeah. of us in different ways. Um I think for you having to go home but because of lockdown Mario wasn't even able to meet up with friends um for a chat or see his parents for some TLC. He was just completely at home by himself with no opportunity for any of that social support that we would normally yeah. have. Um Yeah. And, and, um, yeah.
1: On the other side of the fence, Amy was on her own in hospital with twins. Yeah. Um, and, and the nurses were fantastic and helped with the night feeds. Yeah. But yeah. it's almost overwhelming um, for, for a single um, parent, a single babied parent. Um, but to have twins on your own in, in that circumstance, I think Amy did incredibly well.
0: Oh, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at the... Gorgeous little boys. I think you've done incredibly well. Fantastic. And so how was it when you got them home?
2: And well, I feel like part of, so I had this 10 day stretch um, in hospital, during which time I, I did have incredible support from the midwives, nurses and doctors there. Um, and I think part of that because the babies were born so early and weren't basically ready to feed they were far too sleepy which is not a complaint I hear often from new (laughs) parents um but part of that was getting them to the point where we could manage their sort of specialist care um so I feel like that 10 days although I'll be honest that was really grueling um for me (laughs) um we we did get I did feel like that set us up really well to come home. And I was able yeah. to share with Mario everything we'd learned. And we got the babies yeah. to a point where they were more stable, crucially, that we felt yeah. safe to come home. Um, we did have visits from our health visitor. Um, but I think the first visit wasn't until about a month after we'd been home. So I really? think we were probably past the toughest bit by the time we saw her face to face. And what when when you did see the health visitor, Was it, um, you know, did, were you kind of bursting with questions and was it incredibly helpful? Um, It was, it felt supportive. Um, We've we've thought a lot of our health visitor, she was very supportive, very kind, clearly really understood the circumstances we were in. Um, I think that she gave us, it was helpful to get having the babies weighed, having the continued advice around their feeding, and again just giving us the confidence thing okay we are we are getting there with their health you know things are improving um i think one aspect that was a bit disappointing for me particularly um was one of the questions they ask is how we're doing and i think specifically me um in terms of well-being and mental health um thought i think they would ask this of all new parents um how we're we getting on do we need any support and it that point I sort of plucked up the courage to say actually I think I need a bit more help I feel I think Mm. I went through some real trauma in that those 10 days in the hospital some really frightening moments (laughs) um and yeah plucked up the courage to ask for that help and say yes actually I think I need some help to move get through that move past it um and the only advice I was given was to try Google. I was really disappointed <laughs> about that. Um, I did the following time go back to her and say, is there nothing more you can do to refer me directly? Um, and she, she said, well, you could try through your GP, which I did. And I was given the same answer, try Google. And all I could find on Google were um, services, charitable services um, that weren't yeah. appropriate so i couldn't access them the theme i found was the intention was clearly there to give support and the understanding that well-being is important for you parents was definitely there but the follow-through i think wasn't and those individuals i spoke to i genuinely believe they did everything that was in within their power and to help me they were kind and understanding but ultimately they couldn't actually provide me with the services I needed
0: and that's sort of lack of resources and covid combination I should think
2: yes yeah absolutely and I think you know I'm very grateful we we're, we're lucky we've got really supportive friends family in our lives um so and through my work i I understand about advocating for yourself in um the public services i get how that works but we had so little of the support we normally would have done because we couldn't have contact with anybody mario was my absolute <laughs> rock but he he was the only person that was able to be with me in person mario
0: for you as the dad it, you also had your own sort of trauma to go through i mean it must have been horrendous for you too
1: yeah i mean it's um you know on, on multiple levels because on the one hand i'm watching amy um struggle and and do incredibly well but still undoubtedly struggle with Uh, just this life-changing event that's happened and um, and also I was going through the same and the the normal support um, structures that you have I I have a a very passionate Italian mother who we had to bat away with a stick because of the coronavirus rules and Amy's parents wanted to help and um, they couldn't and so that normal Sort of respite that you'd get from you know a couple of hours being looked after by a grandparent or an uncle or an auntie, um, wasn't yeah. there for, for either of us. And um, uh, you know I I was um, you know tried my best to uh, keep strong and to to keep Amy uh, fed and watered yeah. and uh, everything <laughs> needed that needed to be done. Um, but it, it was un- undeniably tough. And um, Amy Amy's right the uh, the GP, the nurses, the hospital, the healthcare workers, all of them uh, were were fantastic. Um, but I think there was uh, an issue about signposting and and where to yeah. where to actually send someone if they have a very specific need um, that yeah. that maybe uh, was perhaps missing.
0: Well, I I just completely take my hat off to both of you. I just think how on earth you coach is just extraordinary, and that you look so well. And I mean, I suppose that's always the problem, isn't it? Is everyone expects you to look happy, and I'm sure. If you're on Zoom and you're not even there in the room, and people, parents, or friends say, So how's it going? You kind of think, great it's just going great even though you're just like oh my goodness that, it must have felt a bit
1: like that i mean it's yeah. it's been honestly it's been it has been for, for all our, our difficulties we're, we're incredibly lucky i mean we we know yeah. we are um we have got incredibly supportive family that we're now able to see um mm. and, and we know that there are so many more babies out there that are much more poorly than, than ours were um that are um, in much more difficult circumstances than we are so um, we're, we're you know for, for all of the the difficulties we're we know we're lucky and um, yeah. uh, if we can do anything to help anyone else it's one of the reasons why we uh, wanted to talk to you about this because we, we know through Amy's work and through our experience that the first 1001 days is so unbelievably important yeah. and that we yeah. have to get we have to get it right.
0: Absolutely, and looking at your two boys, you are definitely getting it right. But turning to that, the 1001 Critical Days, I know you've both been interested in in that work and the six action areas. And in particular, I'd just like to ask your thoughts on what do you think is the most important bit? I mean, number one is this joined up set of services that is communicated to parents. Number two is family hubs, both physical and virtual. Number three is a digital version of the Red Book so that you can share data with your supporters digitally. Would any of that have helped you?
2: What, what would you like to say about that? So the thing that jumped out to me from that first point was this idea, this joined up approach and the, the seamless support that, that really stuck in my mind is such a splendid way forward. I think there's definitely um, perhaps a bit of a gap there as it stands between the peri and postnatal services um, and joining those services up so that throughout the pregnancy into those first um, days of the child's life, um, actually, that support carries right through, and um, so I feel like concerns, perhaps like mine, would be less likely to maybe slip through the net with this approach um, that's outlined in the plan.
1: I mean, I mean and I, I particularly like uh, action area three: um, the the providing families with the information that they need uh, when they need it, because um, you know. If you, if you don't have that supportive network, then you rely on state resources, you rely on uh, the system to, to pick up that information gap. And so being able to have that all in one place um, uh, is, is, I think, an incredibly vital thing, particularly if, if you know, you, you are, um, say, a single parent or someone who doesn't have, like I said, that support network. It's unbelievably vital. And um, when we were um, a few weeks after um, the boys were born, there was a, an issue that we had to go and see um, our local hospital about. Um, and the number of times that we had to provide the same information over and over and over again to various clinicians um, was quite frustrating. So one of the recommendations um, that uh, the red book the, uh, that should be uh, provided online so that there is a joined up set of databases so that everyone knows without repetition what has come before you. I think will not only make life easier and less stressful for for new parents, but will will be efficient for the health services and the and all the medical practitioners that are involved in the process.
2: And perhaps I can add, with my teacher hat on, um, music to my ears in terms of when you have students joining you in the early years, and I deal with quite complex cases often those those first few years of the child's life, the thousand and one days, they are a mystery. <laughs> and it can be hard to pin down that information that would so help us with what we're offering those children in school. Um, so it's great for me to think that, oh, there is a resource there if it was appropriate for schools to access. It's just so lovely to speak to both of you.
0: And the the last thing I just wanted to ask you about is what do you think should be the universal services? I mean, in in our recommendation, we're saying that at a minimum, the universal offer for every family should be midwifery, health visiting, breastfeeding support and mental health support. Do you think that's enough? And then obviously the universal plus offer would be much, much broader than that. But do you think there's anything missing in that universal offer?
1: I think that catches most of it, to be honest. If, if we reflect on all of our um, immediate experiences that we've had with the boys in the, in the last year, um, it has been in those areas of the the immediate maternity care, the advice, the guidance, um, the uh, mental health support, um, and and frankly, the practical advice and guidance for how to um, raise uh, an, a new life. And I think if if that support can be part of that universal package, um, then uh, the the situation will dramatically improve for a huge number of people.
2: I think particularly fantastic to hear that mental health provision is part of the universal package, not an add on. Um, so I think yeah. whatever your experience, whatever your circumstance, that is something to be taken care of. Got any tips for other parents? <laughs> oh, what do you think?
1: Well, when if, if there are any parents uh, that are expecting twins, um, we highly recommend investing in a double-sized landfill bin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode please be sure to subscribe through the link and wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to get involved, perhaps in a future episode or to share your thoughts, please reach out to me through my website,